Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, men on. Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. What it is, Duke City. You are listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports. And we get our sweat on at the YMCA. I encourage you to find your why. Turkey Day tomorrow, boys. You ready? Oh, yeah. Mashed potatoes and gravy, man. Vital's a food guy, so I know he's ready. I know who I'm not sure is ready or not is Fred Slow, because Fred Slow is on vacation back in the Midwest. But if you know what a map looks like from memory, you know... It's the Middle East. Ohio, Illinois, those are not west of anything except for New England. I would agree with that. In Fred's stead, self-proclaimed sports nerd, host of First and 505, right here on KNML, the sports animal, bringing you your hot sports takes. Every Saturday morning from 8 to 11. All the hottest takes. All the hottest takes. Mr. Ryan Tamari, good afternoon, sir. Happy Thanksgiving, Van. Wow. Well, thank you, buddy. Always. My goodness. Thank you for having me on. Right back at you. It's an honor to have you on. You're so good at your gig. And uh, how are things going over there on Saturday morning? I love it. I'm having fun. I think Vital loves it. I know oh, I'm having I love it. I know I'm having fun. Um... It is a blast to do and sounding like a broken record, as I always do. It is a dream come true, and especially to be on this station. And I'm probably like one of the only few people in this town that will say that, but it's it's an honor, and I am enjoying every second of it. It is a blast. Well, you're doing a great job so far, and we are honored to guide you along the way. And I'm sure loyal sports animal listener, our loyal listener, is glad to have some sports back on Saturday morning instead of our sports-adjacent garbage. You getting a lot of good feedback from Albuquerque? I've been getting a lot of good feedback on the social interwebs. And people have said that they enjoy the show. However, it might become a restaurant critique show. Um, As... uh, the Albuquerque Betspurt, as I call him, Stephen, his nickname's Boo, and he's actually, he's in Vegas right now as he comes in and talks his NFL lines, and what does he do for Thanksgiving? He goes to Vegas. Nice. Um, we, we are friends, but I, I have him on the show because he's pretty darn good and pretty darn nerdy about his sports bets, uh, and I think as of right now, he's like four and two, like he, he picks certain games, but on the, the two, three shows I've done this far, he's well over 500, um, but we usually, like a couple of grumpy old men, will go to eat on Friday nights and critique the service 
and, and things like that. Um, but we have our own spots, so we kind of talked about that on, on Saturday morning. So we might throw that in there. So you have restaurant reviews yeah, as restaurant well as reviews. hot sports takes. Yeah. And they've already started doing it. It was pretty funny last week. Yes. I bet first and 505 is a breath of fresh air for you too, Vital. Instead of sitting around well, listening. I, lo- I love you guys. Don't get me wrong. So I'm here. You guys are now five days instead of one. But I love the restaurant review we had over the weekend with those two. It was pretty funny. We Hey, we gave a we gave a outstanding review to Los Cuates. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is it just because of their chipotle salsa? That smoky uh, red sauce? No, we used to... Uh, Eat at the one on Lomas, and we critique the chips and salsa service and okay. how speedy it is. Yeah, I know that sounds that's odd, cool. but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, we live in New Mexico with all the Mexican and New Mexico restaurants. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. I mean, your restaurant can go over here in Albuquerque and the rest of New Mexico if you got the best chips and salsa. Yes, if your if your chips are perfectly crisp and they just got that right when you bite in, they got just very lightly dusted with salt. Sometimes maybe a little chili powder on it too. And then if your salsa hits hard, it's going to go a long way in your restaurant. Because if every once in a while somebody gets a bad meal, every, it happens. I um, I had a bad meal this week at a restaurant that I will not name because they've been batting a thousand up until this one moment. So I cannot hold it against them. It's just everyone has a bad day. Everyone has a mistake every once in a while. But you should put a restaurant on blast if you have like consistent horrible results. Yes thing that I don't like, and maybe Ryan can uh, add up to this, is when you ask for refills for chips and salsa, and they look at you like you have two heads. Well, that was one. Yeah, that too, and and Stephen brought it up, was the issue is that they delivered our food. We had empty chips sitting there. I was late, so he had eaten all the chips. He's a rather portly fellow. But uh, she was like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't get you guys any more chips, and then proceeded not to bring us any more, even though we wanted them during our meal. So Uh. that that was strike two. Well, she was probably apologizing for the future. Yes. I'm sorry I didn't get you any more because you're going to be upset later and bring this yeah. up again. That's a, that's a good way to look <laughs> at it. So I'm super excited for Thanksgiving um, with COVID happening and the travel being more difficult and health concerns. I don't get to see my family as much. I was going to say, why are you saying it? And, you're so happy for and, and then, you know... There's an ongoing joke about, oh, my God, I got to spend time with my family on Thanksgiving. But count me as one of a few lucky people, a lucky portion of the world, a lucky uh, part of the population of Mother Earth that enjoys their family and likes spending time with their family. So I'm always excited uh, to go home for Thanksgiving. Are you driving down to Carlsbad, right? Uh, No, they're not in Carlsbad anymore. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, they retired and went to Flagstaff. That's where my, my sister and niece are now so they followed them there and boy am i happy they did big shout out to carlsbad you're the best <laughs> anyways you got any big plans you don't have to talk about your plans on air so i'm not all your stalkers won't track you around i'm not yeah no all the all the women are just lining up oh i was i was I'm, not talking about women whatsoever I, I was that was yeah that was that was my easy i didn't even infer women were stalking you that would be nice if they were it's the sports animal fan yes Wondering, yeah. We're just wondering what your hair smells <clears throat> like. I, I have so many jokes in my head that are not PG. Save it. Yep. Um, I uh, am having dinner with my mom, and uh, we're going up to East Mountains to a family friend when my parents moved here back in the mid-'80s. My mom worked for them, so we're going to the East Mountains. We'll enjoy it. However, uh, the 
husband of who, where we're going, my mom's friend, uh, he is an Englishman. So uh, trying to get professional football, American football on on Thanksgiving in years past when we've I've gone up there or been at their house uh, is quite a task. The last time I was there was before I moved to New Jersey and moved back. So this is like four or five years ago. Uh, instead of watching the Cowboys, whatever game was on, uh, it's straight to the Cowboys. I'm not even a Cowboy fan. But he put on Adele at some opera house the DVD in England instead of me allowing me to even ask if I could put the professional <laughs> football games on. However, I think I can sneak it in this year because we're having a little mid-after. It's a brunch, not dunch type thing. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping that after we eat, I can kind of sneak in there like, hey, can I put on the Lobo basketball game? That sounded kind of creepy, but that's what I'm Yeah, that's don't I'm say gonna, it like that. That's, that's how I'm going to be like, hey, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Dinner was great. Can I put the Lobo basketball game on? See, what my family does, um, and I started this tradition a few years ago, we put football on the television, but we listen to music as we're cooking and hanging out and playing games, all that good stuff. So we always got some fun music playing with NFL on the TV, and if the games are close in the fourth quarter, we'll put the game back on the TV and watch the end of the game. But we're not – I love – having some cocktails a little too early. I love stuffing myself with food, then passing out on the couch while football plays. But the first couple games, we don't even have the volume on. We're just hanging out with each other and having fun and not letting not letting our Thanksgiving be controlled by football, but letting it be part of it. Yeah, no, I don't I don't if, even as big of a quote unquote as I do the air quotes in studio that nobody can see. Uh the air, uh sports nerd that I call myself or that now have been dubbed by you guys too. I mean, I would just rather have it on in the background. I'd enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy when the Cowboys are getting I'm thankful for when the Cowboys get their behinds kicked. Um but you were I, I'm changing gears here real quickly. People don't talk about a Thanksgiving tradition, and maybe it's my own. I have to watch Trains, Planes, and Automobiles with Steve Martin. That's a and great that's one. That's a good yeah, one. And John great. Candy. Yeah. Wow. And Comedy Central will show it. I hope they're doing it this year. I don't remember if they did it last year. Um, my holidays went topsy-turvy last year because my mom had COVID. Uh, so it was it was sort of sad and, it, you know, what other people have dealt with in the last two years. But um, I have to – there were years past where I had to crack a beer open at like 9 or 10 in the morning, and I was watching – Playing trains and automobiles. So. I will never once judge you for what time of the day you drink on holidays. No. You do you. If it's a Tuesday and you're on your way to work and you're getting some little nips off the flask or something, or, you know, you, you, we need to have a talk. But uh, 8.30, 8.30, Thanksgiving morning, 7.30, Thanksgiving morning, you want to have an Irish coffee, put a little uh, rum chata in your coffee, a little, little dash of rum in your coffee. A little dash of butt ice. That's nothing wrong with it. You want to follow it up with a mimosa? That's cool. You want to have a, a red beer for lunch? That's cool. You want to move to scotch in the afternoon? Go crazy. It's a holiday. A cooler full of butt ice. Just just straight butt ice? Straight butt ice. Is that what you call you Like the beer oh, butt ice best. or Budweiser and ice? <laughs> no, straight butt ice. Butt ice. Not Budweiser and ice. No, I was a... Uh, God, I'm, you know, I'm not going to even say it. You're I stuck didn't. in college. You're stuck in college. Yeah, I'm still stuck in college. Yeah, okay. Bud Light, my, that's my diet, as I've mentioned on the show before, Bud Light and Taco Bell. Bud Light and Taco Bell. Yep, there you go. More sports, more Ryan Tamari when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, and we play on Team I-9 Sports. 
Whenever we get our sweat on, we get our sweat on at the YMCA, and I encourage you to find your why. In the vein of First and 505, I thought maybe, just maybe, on Two Men On, what used to be, as you all know, ABQ Central, we just do three hours of sports. But you brought a story to my attention that I cannot not talk about. With us is Ryan Tamari, host of First and 505, every Saturday morning here on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. And you brought a story to my attention. I'm thankful for this story. That made me cackle like a maniac. And it's one of my favorite stories I've heard in a long time, not just today. You want to unpackage this a little bit? A televangelist says that an alien alien intimidated her husband end times preacher sharon gilbert says that an alien in, intimidated her husband and then Im- tried, imitated imitated i'm sorry imitated her husband and then tried to have sex with her and then it claimed to be xerxes and then jesus got involved and then the alien turned out to be a reptile with a posse of gargoyles i'm reading the tweet that i got from hement meta i hope i pronounced that right but i read that tweet and quite possibly the best news of the year and so this story first broke because she was on she's in times preacher she's a, a doomsday prophet preacher lady her name's sharon gilbert and this uh, originally was a video on the jim baker network so it's just all um christian entertainment i think that they sold, it was on actually the jim baker show i think that he sold like magic blue water that cured let's not get into that let's just talk about this one (laughs) let's just talk about this one story and not jim baker gotcha because that we don't just an idea we still don't have enough time in the show to talk about that (laughs) so sharon gilbert is telling a story on this show and these these two other gentlemen on the show with her have no idea what's coming and you could tell that they were not briefed on this story because of their faces she goes on to say that she was laying in bed and her husband Uh, Derek was laying right next to her, but she was awakened in the middle of the night and another Derek was right in front of her. And she's like, well, who are you? And apparently the other Derek claimed to be Xerxes. I don't know if you know who Xerxes is out there, but a quick Google search will show you. Uh, if you need a reference, Xerxes is the bad guy from the 300, if that helps. Historically accurate movie, by the way. And then she says, you're not my husband. Get out of my bedroom. Poof, he's gone. And refers to him as a quote-unquote critter. He's a critter. The yeah. critter came in. Even though it was a person that looked like her husband, it was still a critter. So the next night, the critter Xerxes comes back and is like, hey, let's have some sexual relations. I look just like your husband. And then she was like, I don't believe you. You're not my husband. You're not Derek. And so she said she grabbed his face and pulled his face off. And underneath the face, the alien Xerxes that was trying to have sexual relations with her turned out to be a reptile. And he wasn't alone this time. The second time she was propositioned, she had a posse of gargoyles with him. So Xerxes wanted to make it a group thing, apparently. The second time, 
with a posse of gargoyles. And I, I don't know what alien lizard Xerxes' taste in women is. I'm assuming he can do better. Yes. If you're a shape-shifting alien lizard that can impersonate old rulers from the Middle East, I don't think you're going after 70-year-old Sharon Gilbert while her husband's laying in bed right next to her. I'd be in Vegas or the San Fernando Valley. You would do something different, you would think. Yes. But naturally, you know, the devil tempts all of us. And maybe it was the devil disguised as an alien, disguised as a lizard, if, if disguised it, as Xerxes to test her faith. If it was the devil testing her, she passed it with flying colors, and I applaud her. Yeah, he threw everything he got at her. I mean, the gargoyles, the reptilian person. Sharon Gilbert said no. It claimed to be Xerxes, and then Jesus got involved, and then the alien turned out to be a reptile with a posse of gargoyles. First off, I love that it's a posse. Right. Not it, one, not two. It wasn't, it wasn't an exact number of gargoyles. It was a posse of gargoyles. How many's in a posse? I don't know. I can ask Mario Van Peebles, but I'm not sure. <laughs> As a dated reference, I hope you got that. I got that. The video has been viewed over 6.2 million times, with many noting their disbelief in the reptiles. Duh. Duh. I wonder if she was with all of those people that appeared on Monday at Dealey Plaza waiting for JFK and JFK Jr. to return. Oh, Did these two groups overlap oh, very I, hard. I love it. Yeah, there's a, a new branch-off wing of QAnon that thinks that JFK Jr. never died and he's just in hiding. And he's about to come back and say that Trump is actually the president and he's going to be his vice president. I know I'm on a talk radio show. I have no words for that. It's bonkers. <laughs> the logical leaps it takes is phenomenal. Just like this. Like this, I, I love this. And I don't want it to be like a completely laugh at her, but it is a laugh at her situation because this is the ramblings of a maniac. And she's in a position to influence other people. And we, we talk up and down all day on this show about how people are misusing their influence. You got your, your Kyrie's, your Aaron Rodgers's, your Antonio Brown's that are giving themselves and their team and human beings in general a bad name. And this is just another step beyond that. Because we can lambast Kyrie all day for being a flat earther. One thing he never did was claim that a lizard alien, Xerxes, and a team of gargoyles tried to have sexual relations with him while he was sleeping next to his husband in his bed. He never said that. I give him credit for that. And he also got into Duke University, which I've never been accepted to Duke. Well... As a flat earther. Uh, I don't know what his GPA in high school was, but I don't think no. his academics Neither. was a big part of it. Coach K was helping out there. Well, I think everybody on the team was helping out. I mean, is this just like a full-fledged religious euphoria, kind of like Bible-esque vision that decades down the road, there's going to be the book of Sharon Gilbert, and they're going to tell the story about she was tempted by... Xerxes dressed as a reptile. Dressed as an alien. An alien dressed as a lizard, dressed Excuse as me. Xerxes, in a posse of gargoyles. 
So how was your day, Albuquerque? <laughs> it wasn't as bad as Sharon Gilbert's. As I listen to that, I think of, and I can't believe I'm quoting this, Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black, where he says, people are stupid, but a person is smart. That's how I feel. Yeah. No, no, no. That's 100% true. It, but it's 100% true. It's 100% true. You get a group of people together, you never know what they're capable of. One person can be the voice of reason. Many people. X amount of people, you never know what they're going to do. Kind of like that that couple who was using the rain out in the Texans-Titans game. Oh, joy. To get, to get a little whoopee going. Albuquerque, if you didn't see that, I would recommend you Google it. At the Texans-Titans game this past Sunday, this couple during a rain delay was getting it on underneath a poncho. I believe it started with um, a little mouth-to-mouth resuscitation or mouth-to-something-else resuscitation, and then it moved on to other stuff before they got caught and escorted out. But there is video of uh, some stuff happening underneath a rain poncho during a a pause in the game due to inclement weather. I promise, Albuquerque, nothing but sports talk from here on out. (laughs) After the break, we have Star of TV and Radio, KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. We're going to talk high school football championship, and we're going to talk a little Lobos when we get back in the 5 o'clock hour. We got NFL talk. We got Thanksgiving Day NFL talk. We got some NBA talk with Enos Cantor, and uh, Lakers are under 500. Porzingis is back. And uh, the last segment's going to be the varsity of Thanksgiving food. 505-246-0610. We'll be taking your calls all day, except for when friend of the show, friend of real life, Brandon Ortega is on, and he'll be with us next segment. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we play on Team I-9 Sports. We get our sweat on at the YMCA, and I encourage you to find your why. 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Quan's Auto Care Hotline with all of your hot takes. But you can't do it this segment, and I'll tell you why. We have friend of the show, friend of real life, star of TV and radio, back-to-back-to-back New Mexico Sports Caster of the Year, KOB-TV's very own Brandon Ortega. What's up, my dude? How we doing? Happy early Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to you and yours. Yeah, in Chino Hills, California currently, visiting mom and dad, uh, grandma and grandpa, getting quality time with, with our boy Julian. <laughs> So uh, we're having a good time, and I'll be back in Albuquerque tomorrow for some Thanksgiving feast and back to work on Friday. Very important question, Brandon. If you were being tempted by the devil who was wearing uh, the skin of an alien, who was wearing the skin of a lizard, who was wearing the skin of Xerxes, who was wearing the skin of somebody else, that last person, who would they be? Who would tempt you the most? Who would tempt me <laughs> to just, like, do bad stuff? Yeah, yeah, like a Meg, like a Megan Fox, or like I don't, I don't know what your flavor is. Sexually, because you must have missed that. You must have missed that <laughs> last like, segment. Yeah, you missed. The I last did. Segment. I, yeah, I you, sure did. Because that is, a, I've been in, I've been in my parents' garage 
setting up some musical gear, about to have a mega jam session with my brothers. That is so I did weird. not hear that segment. <laughs> but but I'll, if I come, if I can think of something before the segment's over, I'll, I'll, I'll pop it out. I think for me it'd be Lance Berkman. I would be very tempted if Lance Berkman. Yeah, I, I was thinking more it, was, it would be a dude. Yeah, more yeah. so than it. Yeah, like maybe Dave Grohl for me. David Grohl? Okay. Like, like I, I would party with Dave Grohl. Okay, I would I'll, follow I'll, Dave Grohl into the Oasis for I'll, sure. I'll send you the video of what we're talking about next commercial break. Okay, cool. New Mexico High School Football Championships, Class 6A, 7 p.m., November 27th. Number two, Rio Rancho, is at number one, Cleveland. What it is, B? Yeah, round two. And round one between these two was was an epic battle. It went down to the final seconds where Rio Rancho had a chance to win and and missed the field goal. And uh, now they get a chance for some revenge. Last time they met Cleveland in the state championship was just two short years ago, and Cleveland beat Rio Rancho on Rio Rancho's home field. So it's it's all sorts of chance for revenge because Rio Rancho wants to avenge the loss from the regular season. They want to avenge the loss from the state championship two years ago on their own home turf. So it's a, it's going to be an awesome game. Zach Vigil, uh from what I heard, uh, not likely to play. But he's going to try, I imagine. He's, he's the toughest kid, uh, one of the toughest kids in the state, the best football player in the state this year, a future Lobo, him and his teammate, Caden Romero. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's the best rivalry in 6A, best rivalry in the whole state when it comes to football and maybe all of high school sports. So that's going to be my CTV. Brandon, it's Ryan Tamori. You already answered my question about Zach V. Hill. I guess it's not. I guess, I, thanks for thanks. Brandon, he had, he had the sad face right when you said it, and he's like, oh, there, goes, <laughs> "There goes my next question." Did you take? Yeah. Your, did you take your little boy to see Ghostbusters Afterlife? How's that? No, no, it's it's not going to happen on this trip. But uh, honestly, his mom and I really want to see it with him anyway. So we'll take him in Albuquerque. I'm sure next. As, week. I, as I told uh, you, as I told you on my show on Saturday, I ended up seeing yes. it twice in 40 hours. Uh, so I'm, I'm jealous, I, man. I'm I, so jealous. I've wanted to see it. We have some nephews out here that want to see it with him, and it's our schedule not working out. We're going to see it out here. So we'll see it next week for sure. It's still one of my favorite movies of all time, but I'm Ghostbustered out. Um, Love it. I guess who are you going to pick to win since I don't have a question anymore? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look Cleveland, if, if – Zach Vigil is not playing. That's a huge advantage for Cleveland because, you know, that's their guy. Now, look, Rio Rancho came back to beat La Cueva, who was playing very well in the first half, and Rio Rancho made some amazing adjustments and got a great performance from the quarterback, Dominic Pretty, who is also banged up now uh, moving into this championship game. The, the, the Rams are banged up in some very key spots, not not just Vigil. He, he gets the brunt of the attention because he's the state player of the year and a future Lobo, but they've got some other key players that are banged up. So health-wise, Cleveland's got you know all their guys playing and, and relatively healthy, um, but they're also on a roll. I mean, Cleveland's been the best team in the state uh, all, all year long. Uh, them and Rio Rancho neck and neck, and Cleveland you know got them last time and came back to win. So yeah, I would give Cleveland the edge for sure. I I guess it boils down to one of the like an age-old question. You know, does he sit if it's broken ribs? If he's you know, it's the old injured versus hurt type thing. But if it's broken ribs, yeah, I mean, this kid shouldn't for play. For sure. For sure. And he was playing injured in the first half because he, of the Lequeva game in the semifinals, he got hurt like in the first or second drive, and he tried to tough it out. And on his final run, he had an opportunity to take one more bear on and, and maybe uh, run in for a touchdown five yards out. 
deep in, in La Cueva territory and, and uncharacteristically shied away from the contact and ran out of bounds. And you could tell something was wrong. And sure enough, he never came back in the game. So Zach Beal, if he physically can do it, he's going to get out there. But, you know, they also want to protect his future, too, and don't want to put him in harm's way. So we'll see how it goes. Coach Pannoni has, has shown he, uh, you know, he didn't win state championships in Virginia on accident. I mean, he's, he's, he's been a heck of a coach for a long time, and he's done very well with the Rams and coaching him up in his systems and uh, has, has a great staff himself. Uh, and defensively with Philip uh, Martinez, who coached uh, just at Manzano uh, before coming to Rio Rancho as the head coach. So, I mean, I think the coaching battle is where the real chess match is. He's Ridenauer, uh boy, what a run he's had as Cleveland's head coach, winning all those state championships. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the real chess match there. Heath versus Coach uh, Pannoni. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm dying to see what those two draw up and how this one's going to go on Saturday. In the 5A final, we have New Mexico's Odessa Permian, the Artesia Bulldogs, coming up to ah, Los, nice. Mojo. <laughs> coming up to Las Lunas. You were talking about the coaching matchup. Artesia has a huge coaching advantage here, as the Las Lunas old coach is now the coach of Artesia. Yeah, I mean Jeremy Moppin knows Las Lunas as good as any opposing coach could possibly know someone. He he spent the last four, I think, three four years leading uh, Las Lunas to back-to-back state finals, uh, state championship appearances in 2018 and 2019. was doing a great job. And then the Artesia job is his dream job. He's from there. He won a state title as a quarterback there. He, so what I, I interviewed Jeremy on Sunday, and he reminded me. Well, I, I asked him to give me the stats. He's been a part of now eight state championships in some fashion, whether it be player, assistant, and head coach. So he's got some amazing experience, but so does Greg Hennington. That's not really that's not really that impressive. I'm not even from there, and I'm part of four state championships at Artesia. They got so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, I was trying to say that Greg Hennington has just as much experience uh, throughout his years in state championships. So yeah, when you talk about great head coaching battles, uh, there's another outstanding one between Artesia and Las Lunas, and and Las Lunas has got some studs led by. Paul Searmans, who's been one of the best quarterbacks in the state this year, only a junior. Um, but they're deep, too, on both sides of the ball. And then they, they had a heck of a comeback against Goddard, who had their number in the first half, and Las Lunas shut them out in the second half to come back uh, from 14 points down. So, um, yeah, both teams have so much momentum. And Las Lunas definitely has some home field advantage, you know, getting to play on their home field, not having to do the five-hour drive like, Artesia is going to do. I, I, maybe it's even further from Las Lunas going to Artesia. Um, but yeah, that's that's you know something to take into account. That's that's tough for the road team to make that long trip. But uh, if anyone's going to get their team ready to do it, at Las Lunas, Jeremy Moppin. Does Rio Doso's luck run run out against Lovington? I can't wait to see how that one plays out. Yeah, Rio, I just got to see Rio Doso against St. Pius in the quarterfinals, and yeah, they're ground and pound. But they could also pass, too, when they, when they uh, have that running game going and you think they're going to keep doing it, and they, they, can, they can throw, throw some uh, nice routes, too. So that's going to be a great one. Lovington, what a year they've had, uh, number one team in that classification. And uh, I'm looking forward to all four. And uh, the last one was Robertson and, and St. Mike's. St. Mike's knocked out Raton of the 3A semifinals. So you, you had a couple of number one seeds go down in the semifinals, Farmington and, and Raton. And, uh, yeah, now so St. Mike's 
and Artesia uh, getting past the one seed and going into the championships. Uh, moving on to the Lobos, Brandon. Um, a little little bonus dessert for Lobo fan on Thanksgiving as the Lobos will be traveling to Las Vegas, Nevada to play in the Continental Tire Las Vegas International. They take on UAB at 5 o'clock on Thanksgiving. What does that matchup read to you? Well, the Lobos, you know, so early in the season, yeah, they're going to prepare for what they've seen from UAB, and they've had a, a good uh, start to the year, 4-1. and one. They uh, narrowly lost to South Carolina from the SEC, otherwise they'd be 5-0. and oh. um, Yeah, they're definitely going to be preparing for what UAB's done early on, but they're also still very much figuring out what they're doing and, and who's, you know, emerging into roles that they're going to have for the whole season. Jalen House, you know, being – definitely being the tone center, but Jamal Mashburn really showed us something in the Montana State game when Jalen House went out that he could lead the team in a variety of ways, not just scoring, but playing better defense and, and just being a good leader on the floor. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by UAB that that's going to be a tough win in a neutral game in Las Vegas, but yeah, it, it's all about the Lobos. Who are these guys? We're, we're finding out every single game the identity of Coach Patino's first year, and uh, you know, just building a you know, new foundation for Lobo basketball. So yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, I, I want to see who's earning more minutes and, and who's uh, figuring out the rotation and all that stuff. I'm, I'm, that's a, a very big thing to key on for me early on in this, this first year with, with uh, Richard Patino. You mentioned Jalen House's injury and having to go out of the game early. Do you think he would have stayed in the game if they had a more challenging opponent? And what's his status for the game on Thanksgiving? Montana State was certainly a challenging enough opponent for him to go back in, but the Lobos were playing well. And I think it was beneficial for them to see, okay, we've seen some great stuff from Jalen. We know what he can do with, the, with his team. But the Lobos were, were you know, maintaining that lead and, and not giving up too big a run for Montana State. So it was beneficial for them to see how they could manage without Jalen. And, you know, they passed. and They, they got the win and you know, moved on to Western New Mexico. And, you know, now they're heading to Las Vegas with only one loss on their record so far. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see you know, how Jalen – I mean, ankles are tough. Uh, those can be severe. They could just be, you know, one-game-out thing. Um, you got to be careful with that, especially someone who runs as 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 well and as quickly as Jalen House does. So, uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Do you think that this is a beneficial tournament on a neutral court for this team that I've said that they need to build chemistry? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I think any chance they get to go on the road and and do something out of the ordinary because they've been fortunate to be at home so much and and have a lot of time to gel. When you go on the road and you face some adversity, that's when you learn more things that you're not going to learn at home. So, yeah, absolutely, this trip to Las Vegas is a good, uh, you know, a good testing uh, measuring stick where they're at right now. And uh, it's going to be at the Orleans Arena, if I'm not mistaken, um, just outside of the strip of Las Vegas. So, um, yeah, anytime you get on the road, you're going to learn something about your team. Brandon, any final words before we let you go? Any previews on any stories you got coming up on KOB? Uh, so this week on New Mexico Game Day, we do have some basketball going on. I think we'll have maybe one featured game on New Mexico Game Day uh, for high school basketball. But then it's all state championship football time. We're going to be previewing every single game. We've got conversations with coaches uh, from from several games, including Jeremy Moppin, who I uh, 
I've been visiting schools every week so far this season. Well, with it being Artesia being our, our featured team this week, I did a Zoom call with him and Jake Barrera, one of his star running backs. And uh, this will be the first Zoom edition of our uh, New Mexico game day road trips. Um, so I'm looking forward to showing everybody that. I had a great conversation with Jeremy Lawson and Jake Barrera. So, yeah, that'll be on Friday. But, you know, until then, you know, enjoy all the football we get to watch on Thursday and level basketball. And uh, everyone just have a safe and, and great Thanksgiving. Brandon, send the family my love on Thanksgiving. Give a bunch of hugs for me, buddy. I will. I see my mom drinking a Corona in your honor. So all I will right. give her a big hug for you right now. KOB TV's very own, the best in the business, Brandon Ortega. Thanks for being such a good friend and such a be, being such a good friend of the show, my dude. Anytime, boys. Have a great one. I'll see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving. More sports talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Oh, look at you, Vital. You're so sweet. Playing some Foo Fighters for Brandon Ortega. Foo. Welcome back to Dave and Buster's Presents, Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We are, as always, powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. I'm drinking New Mexico Pinon Coffee literally right now. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we get our sweat on at the YMCA. I thought, and again, I didn't do my homework on this. I just found out. I thought UNM UAB tomorrow night would be like a pick'em game. I thought the programs and the talent would be very similar from the little I knew about UAB's program. UAB is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite over UNM. Is this because they don't anticipate Jalen House playing? Is UAB this good? I don't know enough to answer this. I'm wondering if UAB is this good. I'm looking at their scores. They've... They've blown out everybody they've played and suffered a three-point loss in Columbia, South Carolina, to the to the Gamecocks. Other than that, they've I know nothing about this U of A team. So again, not doing my homework. I if I'm a Lobo fan, I'm a little worried now. Oh, I'm I'm very worried now. Thirteen and a half. I mean, obviously, some people are smarter than Vegas. And Vegas usually puts them on the clock shortly thereafter. They know something we don't know. Exactly. But Vegas isn't super wrong all the time. But this is big. 13 and a half points. That's like the difference in between a top 10 team and a top 50 team. NCAA.com, their basketball net rankings at the moment, has UAB ranked 83rd and UNM ranked 220. That's because the Lobos haven't played anybody. I think you're correct there. And the only person, the only team they played that's a strong team, they took the L to. Pretty pretty confident L by the Colorado Buffaloes. I I am now worried with this tournament. San Francisco is 6-0. and They're on the other side of the bracket. Towson is 3-2. and So maybe best-case scenario, UNM loses and they get Towson and they escape Vegas 1-1. Mm-hmm. One well, they took a loss to Colorado and on this, and this is just, you know, statistical metrics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they got Colorado at ninth right now, and that's that's very high for that program. It, it'll all shake out eventually, of course, but in the way-too-soon rankings that uh, 
Colorado beat them, and they're a very good team. UAB is 13.5-point favorites. So instead of like a solid win for the Lobos, this turns into an upset real fast. Yes, it does. So hopefully they got Jalen House healthy because it looks like they're going to need it, 13.5-point spread. And I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you to gamble, but I really like UNM plus 13.5 at a neutral site. I think that's a pretty strong bet. If I was a gambling man, which, if. which I am, <laughs> uh, I'm staying clear away from this game because of my track record with UNM football this year. But I'm looking at UAB's stats. They have three players who are averaging over 10 points a game. Jordan Walker, their guard, 17. Quan Jackson, another. All three are guards. Quan Jackson, 14.8 points a game. Michael Ertel, 12 points per game. So it's going to be a battle of strong guard play, it looks yep. like, huh? Yep. All right. Well, good luck, Jalen House. Good luck, Jamal Mashburn Jr. And good luck, the rest of the UNM Lobos. Because apparently, you're going to need it. We're doing NFL talk in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll be doing our NFL recap. We'll be doing our NFL preview. And we talk a lot of Turkey Day football. More two men on. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610 D. Sports Animal. Welcome back. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I 9 Sports and we get our sweat on at the YMCA. One hour in the books. Thanks for KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. Being in with us, talking a little high school football, talking a little Lobo basketball. It's a Fredless Wednesday as he is on vacation, visiting his family at home for Thanksgiving. Lucky for us, we got the best reliever in the biz. Ryan Tamari, host of First and 505, sitting in for us all day. As always, thank you for having me on. Pleasure to be here. And if you didn't know, you already know. Super producer Mike Vital behind the glass. Hi. That's perfect. <laughs> We're talking football. 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 Come on, football. All right, what stood out from you this last weekend's games? And I'll just softball it into you. Some teams just shouldn't be on television. Some teams are just unwatchable. I've had this theory for years that they should be able to, like they flex those Sunday night games and they made a big deal about it. Like, oh, you've been flexed. They actually had like a commercial for that on NBC. Um, I think that when you get down the road, and I understand people make travel arrangements, I think that they should be allowed, the NFL should implement a rule where you flex the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. Because this past Monday night, and I'm not just saying this as a New York football Giants fan, that second half was so painful to watch. Like, nobody wants to watch that. Yeah, you're an actual Giants fan. Not just like a nostalgic Giants fan. You're high and low. You've been ride or die the whole time. So this is rough for you to watch. Since since my mother's womb. Okay. <laughs> Stamped you early, yep. huh? Yep. Uh, yeah, it was rough to watch. Uh, we were talking about Saquon earlier, Saquon Barkley, and maybe it is his hip. I don't think he's Penn State Saquon, and I feel bad 
for him because I think the Giants have wasted his talent, and I understand that he's hurt, but I feel that they've wasted his talent. The Detroit Lions are in a class of their own. Beyond flexing games, I have an idea. Why don't we just let these guys call it? They're 0-9-1, right? It's not like they're going to go winless, though. Uh, hey, who knows? Any given Sunday, right? Why don't you say, hey, guys, just call it a year, bud. You get the first pick. You're the first team to drop out. You guys can keep exercising. You can go back to the Detroit facility, but we're not putting this on television anymore. You guys can't do this. I'm up for that. Obviously, the owners and the home teams will never go for it because you have to play games and, to make money. And if I was a season ticket holder of the Detroit Lions, I would be upset. Well, yeah, the auto reimburse, like you only pay for you get, you get, nine and a half games. Yeah. <laughs> I paid for these nine L's. I paid half of, half of this tie. I get all the W's back, which there won't be any. And then a class right after that, you got your Jaguars, you got your Texans, you got your Jets, you got your Giants. I, I don't know if Seattle's in that group. I think Seattle and Atlanta, who are at the bottom of their divisions. I think you could move Atlanta into that for how they've performed the last two games against New England and Dallas, mustering three points. Yeah, they got four wins, though, and those two wins are against good teams. Yeah. So if you don't count the last two losses, they're sitting at 500, and their season can go anywhere. So this next class of teams, your Giants, your Jets, Jaguars, your Texans, and there's some debate, people interchangeable from this. You should be able to change the television. I think NFL viewer, just like Monday night, you can't do it on Monday, obviously, because there's only one game. But if you're watching TV and it's Detroit, New York Jets, you should have the automatic option to change it to another game. Whether it's click, click, click on the interwebs and they'll pipe in a different game or you have the option on your TV controller or whatever. You, you shouldn't have to buy the whole NFL package to avoid some of this garbage product that sometimes gets put out to you. That's been the theme this year is how some... Sundays have been pretty bad thus far. Other than the Vikings just being cardiac, I can't call them the cardiac cats, but being, you know, every game is within one score. But uh, I like that idea. Can you implement that tomorrow morning between the Bears and the Lions? Exactly that, right? Well, I mean, but that's that's tradition. That's divisional rivalry. Yeah. They've been on forever. That's just a th little Thanksgiving treat. And plus, it's that's the the first game, right? That is the yeah ten thirty a.m. Mountain Standard Time kickoff between so, the Bears and the Lions. That heavyweight matchup. Most people watching on television won't be drunk yet. Mm -mm. Only people that'll be like drunk enough for that game are the people who are actually tailgating at the game. So that one's not going to be too bad. That's probably going to be watchable. I mean, they're both so bad recently that it's a good matchup. And it's rumored to be Matt Nagy's last game. That is. That's the whispers. That's the word on the street. I love the beat reporter went up to Nagy and is like, there's rumors that this is going to be your last game and you'll be dismissed after the Thanksgiving game. And he was just like, uh-uh. That's like, how did you know? Then I say, hey, buddy, uh, sit down for a second. We fired you two weeks ago, but we just need you to hang out. Do, do the squad a favor, okay? Just, just be a team player. It's, Even though we fired you, you're going to hang out for two more weeks. It's the very That's not how it happens. It's the very office space. Uh, we fixed the glitch.
Yes. Where he's not being paid, but he's still being head coach. <laughs> he's you still fi- head coach. You fire people at 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Yep. You don't do it to them first thing Monday morning, and a beat reporter is the first person to announce it. And I'll, it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked whatsoever. But, I mean, he can't. How is he going to run an offense when they got that Swiss cheese offensive line? You can't do anything with that. You can't. I'm surprised Justin Fields isn't dead. Correct. My my point at the beginning of the year is Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and anyone you invest that high into, don't play them until you have an offensive line. Because they're running quarterbacks. They're going to be running out of the pocket a lot. They're going to get absolutely murdered if you can't protect them. They don't know the speed of the NFL. They can't read defenses as well yet. They're going to get crushed. You're just setting them up for six. Uh, setting them up for failure, and you're setting yourself up for a failure as a coach or a GM making those decisions where you're putting the future of your franchise out there when you can't even protect them. That's what that's what Andy Dalton's for, right? Yeah, he's at the tail end of his career. Although he uh, he almost had the Bears sitting at four and six there instead of three and seven. Uh, if you caught the tail end of that game, boy, that was a massive implode. That was very Jets, Giants, Texans, and now Bears this season. Yeah, the Bears are on the cusp. They got some good uh, skill players here and there. Uh, they got the the foundations of a good team, but they desperately need an offensive line. They desperately need a playmaker out wide. I mean, this is a playoff team from a year ago. Sure. Which boggles my mind. Yep. Second game, Raiders-Cowboys. And you brought up a very good point that I didn't notice looking at the schedule. All of the Thanksgiving Day teams have all taken a loss last week. Yes, they all lost. A bunch of losers on an American holiday. I I said this earlier in the week. I am not thankful for this slate of games. (laughs) Bill Saints has the opportunity at night to be really good. Raiders, you don't know which Raiders team is going to show up. Those poor Raiders, man. I know you got a, a historically inept organization, just loves taking on bad players and being surmised in controversy. But, man, this is a Raidery Raiders year, man. It, it, the last couple of years, they've the offense has sputtered, and they've they've had a winning record. They've been above five hundred, and then you hit mid November, you hit week twelve here in Thanksgiving, and they've sputtered, and they've been able to play them way, play themselves out of the playoffs. Well, kudos to the rest of the players left on the roster. Yes, for coming together and and overcoming all this adversity. I doubt every team would still go out there and play like they've been playing. They've been on a skid, but can you blame them? No, no, not with everything that's happened between Henry Ruggs and Gruden and the cornerback whose name always is. Anybody that was drafted by them in 2020 uh, is no longer, none of those draftees are on that team, which is, that's got to be rough. Isn't that crazy? John Gruden's three drafts, only three people are having like significant playing time. I didn't know that aspect. That's pretty nuts. And the night game, Bills and Saints, and we'll break these down a little more. Next segment. Bill Saints has the opportunity to be a good game because you know you know you're getting Bears Lions, you know you're getting Cowboys versus somebody. Bills and the Saints are not traditionally Thanksgiving teams. I know the the Bills show up quite often, but the Saints like this is a, a weird matchup for Thanksgiving. I, I think that the Saints have played since they've implemented this third game. The Saints have played 
a lot on NBC. Of the third game. Of the third okay. game. I think two years ago it was them and the the, the Falcons, and they played uh, that night game a few times. Again, you had a good team, and you had Drew Brees, which is must-watch. Um, again, when this schedule came out, they looked and said, hey, this is going to be uh, – Roger Goodell was like, this is going to be a fantastic matchup. Obviously, we don't have Jameis. Taysom Hill, We he got paid, but we don't know if he's healthy or not. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I'm still excited for this game. I, I think Josh Allen is much watched TV, but this is not the Browns team that we thought they were going to be. Sure, they they've been on a little skid. They've been pretty inept offensively. I, it's really hard for me to break it down. Uh, Josh Allen hasn't had a lot of time to be Josh Allen, but he's just as good scrambling. So I think he's picking bad opportunities to scramble versus throw it away. He's getting a lot of pressure on him. And the the Bills defense, except for a couple hiccups, has done what they needed to do to keep them in games. But they are the, this prolific Bills offense that you saw at the beginning of the season is just not there anymore. The Bills defense, number one yards per per game or allowed, uh, or points allowed per game, they gave up 41. And then you have the Cowboys, who are number one in offensive points per game. They mustered zero touchdowns and nine points this past Sunday. So that's... Is this a trend that's going to continue, or is this what this season has been with any given Sunday? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've we've talked about that a lot on this show that it's definitely a, any given Sunday year. But there's like we talked about at the beginning of the segment, there's like a certain level of ineptitude at the bottom, and you know you have to have that kind of turnover. That's why people get high draft picks. But you figure that there'd be more um, objectiveness in the NFL. There'd be you. There'd be more in the middle. You know what I'm saying? It's very yeah. top heavy and bottom heavy this year, and everyone fighting, everyone else fighting in the middle. It, what's insane to me is that uh, you know the Bears, the the Giants own one of the other Bears. They own their first round draft pick because of the trade last or this past draft. Four of the first seven picks could go to the Jets and Giants <laughs> in in next year's draft, it's, which which is astonishing to me. That's bonkers. More NFL talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we get our sweat on at the YMCA. Talking football again talking Thanksgiving matchups and to tell us why the Cowboys are going to lose an embarrassing fashion to the Raiders is Tommy the truth. What's going on, my dude? Van Hammer, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you tell me that? If we don't win this game, it will be a disappointment. I think we're a seven-point favorite. And I've heard Cooper's probably not going to play because of the COVID, and that's fine. And then also Lamb might not play because of the concussion, which we'll wait and see. But Gallup is a capable receiver. Wilson's capable. Noah Brown's capable. They just dropped balls last week. They just got to play better. And Dak's also got to hit them. I had no problem with the way the defense played. And here's a stat for you. Michael Parsons is an absolute godsend. I didn't think he would be this good. He has better stats than Aaron Donald, more sacks than Aaron Donald, more tackles for loss than Aaron Donald. He is absolutely amazing. And I know Ryan remembers uh, back in the day the greatest linebacker that ever played for the Giants. Who was that? Lawrence Taylor. 
the greatest ever. And I'm a Cowboys fan. He's the greatest ever. If Michael Parsons continues to play like this, you can never let this guy go. He, he's different. You can see it. And he's already displaying leadership as a rookie. And I, like I said, I, I wanted Patrick Sutan the second to go on the other side of Diggs in the draft. Then Denver took him. And we got Parsons. And I said, okay, Williams can't stay healthy. He's gone now. And the Wolfman doesn't stay healthy either. So I understood it. But this guy has blown my expectations way out of the water. You... He, he's got a motor. He's all over the field. Motor that doesn't quit. Um, and, and I'm thankful that the Cowboys, they draft him. I think we should win this game. Um, I'm picking 31 to 17. We've we got to get back on track. There's no reason. We have enough talent to win. The offensive line's a little beat up. Steele's going to play fine. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's beat up. He is playing with a few nagging injuries, but guess what? Suck it up. Or let Pollard come in there and play most of the game because Pollard's faster than Ezekiel Elliott. So I think we should win this game and we should bounce back. But then I worry this is a pattern. Play great against Atlanta. Suck against Denver, not suck against Atlanta. Suck against the Ray, um, uh, Suck against uh, Kansas City. But Kansas City is getting much back on track with their defense. And then win this game. So I don't like the pattern. I don't like I like consistency. I don't like good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. But they should bounce back and beat the Raiders. And I also want to know from Ryan, I know Jason Garrett well. When he was 8-8 with the Cowboys, I wanted him fired. He was predictable. And when you guys got him as an OC, I said, you're going to get predictable. Jason Garrett calls the same things over and over again, which the NFC all knows his plays. I want to know how he feels about Garrett being gone, the clapper. Because guess what, Giants, this is good for you, Ryan. Jason Garrett, he's just been clapped off. Well, uh, his replacement's Freddie Kitchens, right? So can't get any. It's lose lose. It's a lose lose situation. I no. yeah, I, they, yeah. Go ahead. I'm always for giving uh, giving these coaches at least a sustainable amount of time to do their job. I think certain coaches are outstanding at doing coordinator positions. Maybe J- I and I. I fear Jason Garrett as a Giants fan when he was head coach. I, I give him more credit than I think Cowboys fans in this town do. Um, I, 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 yeah, I wish that I don't give him any because he was eight and eight through years in a row. <laughs> I think he's a good all, a quarterback coach, but I don't think he's a coordinator. I don't think he's definitely not a head coach. I, I don't think. Here's here's my short answer. I think it was too quickly to move on from him. You can't, I think the you coach. Can't need, win. I thought I thought coach needed to go before him, but you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna always fire the coordinators first he's a before the head coach because they gotta have a scapegoat. Yeah, well, you got to have a roster. You can't win with that roster. Speaking of well, roster, yeah, I mean, you said yeah. the you said the Cowboys were down a couple receivers. The Raiders are down a receiver sure. too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think the Cowboys have enough talent there with Gallup, Noah, and, and and Wilson to win that game. I don't. I don't make excuses. You know me. I don't. I don't believe in all this excuse crap unless the whole team is hurt. You They've know, got enough talent to beat the Raiders with what they have. There is no excuses if they don't beat the Raiders unless. The whole offensive line and that gets hurt and Parsons gets hurt. There's no excuse. They got enough talent to beat them. So you were you were comparing Parsons to um, Aaron Donald, and I don't think that's a fair comparison because well, not comparison. Aaron, I'm saying he's Aaron got Donald better is, stats than Aaron Donald this well, yeah. year. That's a fact. Yeah, sure. He's playing better than Aaron Donald. Better stats, better tackles for loss, and he's a rookie. That's well, amazing to me. Aaron Donald is an interior lineman, and Micah Parsons well, is, sure. a, is a linebacker. And he's got yeah, like, I know that. He's not getting double teamed. He's getting triple teamed. If you if you compare Parsons to, let's say, a Roquan Smith or a Devin White, he definitely holds up as well. But comparing to an interior lineman isn't, isn't exactly fair to either one of them. Well, he's the, he's the best linebacker in the league right now. I think Parsons is right now as a rookie. 
You could have that conversation. I'm not going to argue that. Yeah, I, I would take a Roquan Smith or a Devin White. I'm just saying they were doing the comparison to Aaron Donald uh. and just the stats. Because Aaron Donald does get double or triple team. And guess what? Parsons is going to start getting, in his rookie year, pretty soon double teamed. You watch. Double, triple teamed. Thank you as always. Tommy, thir- what do you say, Thirty-one seventeen Cowboys? Is that your prediction is? Thirty-one seventeen, and all of you have a great Thanksgiving. Love all the shows. You guys are excellent. And you give New Mexico the best it has to offer for radio sports. Hey, really appreciate you, Tommy. Thanks for the kind words and Here. happy Thank Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Tommy. We're going straight from a Cowboys fan right to a Raiders fan, and I didn't get this in my ear well. Ollie? Yes, sir. Ollie, welcome to the game. Appreciate you having me on. To the last guy's point, would you rather right now have uh, Michael Parsons on the edge or uh, the guy who got drafted number two last year? What's his name from Washington? Chase Young. Chase Young. Chase Young. Who's, who's like, who would you, who's, like, Michael Parsons is hands down going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah, it's it's his no already. chance anyone beats him to that. Maybe, uh, yeah, that's my that's my prediction on that one. I don't know if you guys disagree well, on that one or not. Well, the most important position on defense in the new NFL is the guy who can go get the quarterback, and Chase Young is the guy who can line up in a three point stance and go get the quarterback. So that's the most important. How many sacks? Hold on. How many sacks does he have on the year, though? Well, he's he's been hurt. He, so that's, it's uh, hard. One it's hard. and a half sacks in like seven games. That's and, all I'm saying. Is like and a torn ACL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, but anyways, we'll, my we'll the see reason that... I was calling was so like you've got to look at how inept the front office has been for the Raiders. When Gruden and Mayock got there, they had Amari Cooper on the roster. They had Khalil Mack on the roster. They had like a bunch of guys. You know, they brought in Randall Cobb. But then they brought in, like, Martavis Bryant didn't work out. Antonio Bryant didn't work out. They've had so much talent when they started. And, like, now you look, none of those players have worked out. None of their draft picks are even on the roster anymore. Like, they have no, uh, like, blue-chip players who are, like, on rookie contracts, right? Maybe maybe they're running back. But other than that, like, they've got no young up-and-coming players. Like, they're a franchise that is going to be, like, mediocre at best for the next like four or five years unless something drastic changes it, the the Raiders return specifically from Khalil Mack is laughable they have zero contributors that they got from that Khalil Mack trade and it's embarrassing in the well, last the last it's three even, it's not even that they don't have a lot of contributors a lot of these guys are like guys they drafted in a third round and then never even signed them to the to the roster you know like what a waste of a draft pick yeah, I mean Gruden's last three drafts out of twenty one player twenty one plus players, he's got three regular contributors on both sides of the ball. That's laughable. That's like that's, yeah, that's like how does Mayock even still have his job, you know? Like they must have signed him to a lot of guaranteed money. Well, Mark Davis is too busy getting bad haircuts to run this organization. <laughs> Imagine how bad of an investment John Gruden has been for that organization. Like they paid him ten million a year for a bunch of losing seasons and then they probably are going to have to pay him some like hefty settlement as like a severance package you know well it looks like the the nfl might as a whole might have to pay him you know for the collusion why would why would you just get rid of john gruden when all the emails haven't been written and 
I think John Gruden, Gruden fell on the sword for the whole NFL so that Cat doesn't get out of the bag from all those Washington football team emails. So, Right. So imagine Mark Davis paying him like a $40 million severance package to leave like, you know, well, you definitely, seven, seven years early on your contract. Well, you definitely have a, a behavior clause in your contract, and I'm sure everything that John Gruden said would uh, – ignite that clause and his contract. Ali, thanks for the great call and thanks for being a friend of the show. More NFL NFL Talk when we get back. Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports and we get our sweat on at the YMCA. I encourage you to find your why. Fred's on assignment. No Fred today. He's out on assignment, and when I say assignment, I mean he's on vacation. Lucky for us, we're blessed with the host of First and 505. You can hear that right here on the Sports Animal every Saturday morning from 8 to 11. Ryan Tamari joined us. Hey, Ryan. Thank you for having me on, as always. i, I got to clarify something. Sure. I've heard that I'm saying your last name wrong, and then when you say it, I hear just like a little twist. Tamari. Tamari. Am I saying it right? Tamari. Yeah. When you say it's like a little mur to Mari, it's a little bit different. I've never had anybody ask me this question, so okay. I'm, I'm stumped. Uh, I've just, it's Tamari, but I will tell you this if you want to really. Tamari. Su- you yes. were saying two different things. Tamari. Tamari. And you, okay. Tamari. <laughs> it sounds like you're saying it two different. I can't wait to go back and listen to this again. Oh. Uh, like, which way are you saying it each time? It, uh, I had somebody, if, if I had a dollar for every time I heard this joke, the Annie song, you know, Tomorrow. Uh huh. Uh, tomorrow is only a day away. And if a very quick history, boring boring history lesson, my name on Ellis, my last name on Ellis Island is spelt three different ways. There's my name, T-O-M-A-R-I. On Ellis Island, it's spelt T-O-M-R-E and then T-A-M-A-R-I. And again, it's not Italian. Ah, but people think it, they do. It get, I did it Saturday. Gabagoo. Gabagoo. Because of the uh, vowel at the end, that's why. Exactly. Uh-huh. And the Jersey connection. And that too, of course, yeah. Double-edged sword. Boston Celtics center Enos Cantor is back in the news for non-basketball reasons. The best kind of reasons. Enos Cantor is him versus the world right now. Enos Cantor is a six foot ten Turkish basketball player uh, from Switzerland. Um, he's gotten into some some trouble the past few years because he's very open about his politics. And he was actually receiving death threats a couple years ago for his um, his opinion of Turkish President Ergadan. So, a lot of very pro Ergadan people, and you know, there's a, a violent takeover by Ergadan, and um, they were not happy about his very large microphone or his very large head and mouth, and so he's receiving death threats to the point where he couldn't even travel. Uh, with his team to play a game in London, so he was he was advised not to leave the states because of all the death threats, and that was only a couple years ago. But he's back with his criticism, and this time it's of Nike shoes and LeBron James. So he's calling out. Um, oh, I just want to play. Was it Phil Knight? Is that correct? Phil Knight. Yeah, Phil Knight, um, owner CEO of Nike. He invited. Phil Knight to go to China 
with him and tour one of his, uh, air quotes, sweatshops, air quotes, factories in China. Because as you know, the NBA has a very friendly deal with China and Chinese entertainment and the Chinese government. But the Chinese love NBA basketball. Yes, they do. They love it. And he also called out LeBron James for not doing enough about the treatment of of the Chinese people in these factories, in these sweatshops for the shoe company that LeBron James represents. I mean, the torch was passed from Jordan to LeBron and the Nike world, and he said neither of them have ever done anything for the people who make the shoes, who get them rich. Um, he was on CNN um, on the 21st and really called out Nike, called out Michael Jordan, called out uh, LeBron James, and called out even his own organization for not doing enough uh, of this issue. And I'll tell you what, I agree with Enos Cantor. And good for him that somebody spoke up about this issue. I applaud him, and getting on a platform on that stage is not easy. I am not going to sit here and preach to you. I am not that smart enough of a guy. But it's admirable for his outspokenness, and I think he his dad was a prisoner of war in Turkey, and I don't think he's allowed back in Turkey. Um, but, no. But, yeah, no. But I would think that I think what he is doing – is very admirable. I mean, he. <laughs> this is a tweet from this morning, nine ten, our time, so eleven Eastern. The owner of the Brooklyn Nets, Joe. I hope I'm Joe says I, I'm gonna butcher it as I I butcher everybody's sure. name, but mine is a coward and a puppet of the Chinese government. Being anti CCP does not mean being anti Asian. It is possible to hashtag stop Asian hate and to stand up against the CCP. Human rights are not quote Western value. Western end quote values. They are universal values. Spineless Josiah, I guess is his last name. I'm butchering that and I apologize, but he is, I, more power to him. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Good luck. Um, worldwide, obviously this is a issue that's very concerning. And again, kudos to him for speaking up against it because most likely I'm assuming he's going to get, I mean, he's, he's not a superstar. He's a contributor. You know, he doesn't play a lot of minutes a game, but he's had his heyday in the NBA, and he's a name, and he's an international name with a platform that a lot of people will hear this issue. So kudos for him to speaking up, and I kind of feel like the NBA will give him the Kaepernick treatment. No one's going to sign him. No one's going to attach him because this is huge money. That's billions upon billions of dollars that the NBA gets from China every year. That's mil hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of advertising that the NBA gets from Nike. I don't know if the Celtics have said anything. I'd like to know their response. They're probably pleading the fifth right now and I, not saying anything. And I, I like what he's doing, first off. And he's doing it in a very in-your-face way. Because he is wearing old Jordans, and he's wearing blood-splattered... Jordans that say hypocrite, Nike slave labor on them, modern day slavery on the shoes. And that takes brass buttons to do that. It to, does. To call out I mean, the two best players of all time, the two most reckon about, recognizable players of all time, 
and the two biggest public figures of all time. He's he invited and this and this all started. You might have this made some waves at the end of October, but it's it's continually building. At the end of October, Enos Cantor called out the owner of Nike, Phil Knight, and he also um, put in the tweets at King James at Jumpman twenty three. How about I book us plane tickets and let's fly to China together? We can try to visit these slave in all caps labor camps, and you could see it with your own eyes. The balls, the balls, to call out the NBA, to call out Nike, to call out Michael Jordan, to call out LeBron James for being part of this exploitation of other human beings. I mean, because that's what it is. We've all heard about the Nike factories, the Apple factories, the list goes on and on. The United States economy is allowing this to happen. It's it's pro, it's 100% profit over people and it took somebody from Turkey, it took somebody from Switzerland, it took somebody from the end of the bench to actually speak up for this issue. And I I'm honestly proud of the guy cuz he probably just ended his career is what he did. Yeah, he he metaphorically took a shotgun to his foot to the his metaphorical foot of his NBA career. I, I mean, I I have my qualms with LeBron James, the basketball player, not LeBron James, the activist per se. Um, I'm more disappointed in him for si- as a New York Knicks fan <laughs> signing with the Heat. Now we're having a very you know very real talk right now, but yeah, that's my qualms with him. I. These guys are given a. I, I'm. I'm not saying anything that's not new or different. These guys are on, are given a platform, and they some utilize it. They. Why does anybody do anything because they can? I mean, Enos Cantor is utilizing it into his best ability. But I, I again, the brass buttons, like you said, for him to tweet money over morals for the king. I, I get. I for him to say that, I give him a lot of respect. Uh, And you said money over morals for the king. Here's the rest of the quote on the tweet. Sad and disgusting how these athletes pretend they care about social justice. They really do shut up and dribble when Big Boss China says so. Did you educate yourself about the slave labor that made your shoes, or is that not part of your research? And he puts up pictures of some more custom shoes that he had made uh, for to wear during the game addressing LeBron James, where it shows uh, Z, president of China, putting a, a crown on LeBron James. And then on the other side, it says, I am informed and educated on this situation. And I'll give credit to, you know what, there, let's go to break and let's touch on this subject a little bit more and wrap it up. And uh, we'll do on-court basketball in the six o'clock hour. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we get our sweat on at the YMCA. Ryan Tamari from First and 505 joins us. Well, good afternoon, or good evening. Good evening now, right? Sun's down. Of course, on the other side of the glass, we have super producer Mike Vital. Goes down at 5 o'clock now. I'm an old man. I should be in bed already. 
<laughs> you can't, you're, you do, you're good with the morning shows. You can't do this late night stuff, buddy. <laughs> but it does affect you when you see it dark outside earlier than expected. Yeah, it's called seasonal depression, and I have it, and it sucks. <laughs> Thanks a lot, alcohol. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> when we left you, Albuquerque, we're talking about Enos Cantor versus the NBA. Enos Cantor says, I don't do politics, I do human rights. And he is a big advocate for China, uh, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Xinjiang, uh, Uyghur, and Tibet. He's had these messages on his custom-made shoes the last couple months, all the while calling out the NBA, calling out Nike, calling out Michael Jordan, calling out LeBron James. And I think it, it's good to call out the NBA. It's good to call out Nike. But I think Michael Jordan, he already said it himself. He's like, Republicans buy sneakers too, right? Yeah. He's like, I sell Jordans to everybody. I will help my community. And Michael Jordan, while he's not the face of politics and he's not out there all the time, he does consistently and regularly donate money to his community. And we all know the philanthropy of LeBron James. So when LeBron James says people just tell him to shut up and dribble, it's shut up and dribble about the topics that apply to him. Because when he's talking about Black Lives Matter or education and the poor black community or um, you know police violence against people of color, he's talking about his community. He's talking about his tribe. He's getting a lot of flack for not taking part in these China protests and making sure that the people in China, the, the Uyghur um, slave labor, the slave labor camps there are not being broken apart, that these Nike, Apple, et cetera, et cetera, air quotes factories in China aren't being busted apart and Nike and the NBA aren't doing anything about it. Um, I'm going to be an apologist for LeBron James right now. He can't fight every fight. He, he's doing nothing. That is true. He is doing nothing on the issue of, of slave labor in China. But again, LeBron James is a basketball player, and he's a huge community advocate, and he does a lot for his community. He does a lot for his community. He does a lot for his population. But he can't solve every problem because he's King James. That's very well said. I agree with you. And I think this country with a double-edged... It's a double-edged sword for LeBron. You don't hear him about beating his wife. You don't hear him getting a DWI or killing somebody or threatening somebody. Literally not one scandal. Not one thing. I think that he has paid for several kids in the Cleveland area, Akron, to go to the University of Akron or Akron University. They started his own high school and college uh, preparatory school so you know i i diss on the guy but when you dig deep yeah he he seems like he's he's a stand-up dude this is definitely a topic i am passionate about and this is a topic that you should also be passionate about uh post internet we're a worldwide community now and we should take care of everybody not just everyone in between our united states borders Listen to what Enos Cantor is saying, and air quotes, do your own research about this. This is a topic that we'll continue to cover on here when there will be more developments. 
out of the political spectrum, out of the social justice spectrum, out of, out of the human rights spectrum. We're just talking sports for the rest of the show on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Duke City. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports. And we're getting our sweat on at the Y. We talked about LeBron off the court. Let's talk about LeBron on the court. We're about quarter of the season done. Yeah, give or take. Quarter of the season-ish. And the Lakers are under 500. But they're still favored to be in the Western Conference Finals playing against the Golden State Warriors, depending on how the brackets shape out, obviously. But Vegas still has Warriors and Lakers 1-2 in the West. And they just adjusted Golden State to be the favorite to get to the Western Conference Finals and subsequently the Finals. Brooklyn Nets plus 260, Golden State plus 600, Milwaukee plus 700, Los Angeles plus 900, and then a litany of teams from there on out. Where's Washington at? How are how is a team under 500 favored to get to the conference finals? LeBron James factor. Russell Westbrook factor. Anthony Davis factor. You kind of just feel that once they're healthy, once they're all playing together, they're going to be the team that everyone thinks they are. Even though they've never played together, even though they've never ran this offense together, even though they've never played defense together, you just think that you got those names together. They're going to eventually be the Lakers. That always doesn't happen, though. The playoffs started today. The Lakers are in ninth and grab the last playoff spot and get into that cool little tournament that I like so much. I like I, I like how they did that. I guess I'm you and I are in the minority on that. I think it's smart. I think it's really smart. I like it a lot. A little two, potentially three playoff game, get in game. I like it a lot. I think it's smart. Warriors are world beaters. The Suns have won 13 in a row. 13, count them, 13 in a row. They started off one and three, and everybody's like, uh-oh, there's trouble in the desert. Uh-uh. <coughs> Hottest team in basketball. But back to the Lakers. I mean, is that is that your thought, Ryan, that like once they get all the pieces together and everyone's on the court at the same time, they're going to be the cream of the West? On paper, yes. I know that's a cliche answer. I don't know if they can figure this out. LeBron was hurt, got suspended. I would rather see him fight Isaiah Stewart than watch them play basketball. Nah. <laughs> um, I don't know if this team can do it. Talent-wise, they have it in them. But if you're casual NBA fan, can you name Anybody else on that team other than those three guys? That's my question. Yeah, my favorite, Alex Caruso. He's gone. Uh, he's uh, 
He's a that's, bull. Apparently, the last two seasons, he's the glue that kept this L.A. Laker team together. He's gone. You get rid of Alex Caruso, look what happens. You see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens? <laughs> you know, that was, uh, that was a very bad co- – I'm still laughing about your big Lebowski. Oh, thank you. Because I love it. I movie. slide in about one a show. It's, it's perfect. I, Not I'm, everyone hears them. I'm that way with Ghostbusters. I just haven't casually done it today. Um, I, I retract my statement about who else is on that team because it's all old veteran guys pick up, you know, gym guy, YMCA pickup guy. Yeah. Carmelo, Trevor Reza, Camp Bazemore. Avery Bradley's on this team. I didn't know that. DeAndre Jordan's on this team. But I think people are banking on those big three guys. Sure. And I think Rondo is a good 3.5 kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Playoff Rondo. Everyone knows playoff Rondo. They got, I mean, they got three Hall of Famers and a borderline Hall of Famer on that team. And if and if DeAndre Jordan plays for a few more years and is a successful contributor, I think he's a borderline Hall of Fame player as well. But it's like, hey, you got all of these Hall of Fame players, one of the best in the league, Anthony Davis, and of course LeBron James. Even if you had two of those guys a night and they're all injured, they're all rotating in and out, that should be a better than 500 team. You would think so. Even with just two of them a night. Even with Anthony Davis and Rondo and Jordan and West, Ariza West and Westbrook. Well, no, not even Westbrook. 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 Westbrook gets a night off. Gets a night off. Okay. Sorry. Just Anthony Davis and a bunch of contributors. You think that'd be an over 500 team. Uh, yeah. But here they are sitting a third ish. I mean, sorry, a quarter ish of the year gone. Here they are under 500. The opposite of the Suns. Uh, from the text line concerning Enos Cantor and NBA and Nike, uh, says LeBron and Michael should say, hey, make the Nike shoes here. And I don't get the last part. So, yeah, I agree. They got the pull. You know how much money they have, how much influence they have. You know how many every designer, every engineer, every shoe person is here would jump ship and follow LeBron and MJ if they started their own shoe company. They're like, we're not dealing with this Nike anymore. They won't make shoes here. They either make shoes in the United States of America in these urban centers that we're trying to help or we're out of the deal and just start your own shoe company. They got the money. They got the pool. They could do it tomorrow. I would love to see that happen. That's a they're very, not. Very inter- yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I know. I tell you right now, they're not. LeBron, but they could. LeBron has a boxing match in Detroit. He's, he's, he's a busy man. Throwing bows. Him and Ludacris. <laughs> Out here throwing bows. So after the big four, uh, Nets, Warriors, Bucks, Lakers, you got a lot of really competitive teams. And I'll stop. I'll stop at the Bulls because I want to talk Mavericks next segment. So in between, well, after the Lakers, you have the Jazz, our fifth most likely, Heat sixth, Phoenix Suns seven, Clippers eight. 76ers 9, Nuggets 10, and Bulls are 11th most likely uh, to make it to the finals. Just to make it, not to win it. Not to win it. Yeah, this is just just this making it. And this is conference finals. This is to make it to the conference finals. So you can lump any two teams from either conference in here. I think the very likely teams stop at the Chicago Bulls. 
After that, you got Hawks, Mavericks, Celtics. And I think that's where it really drops off after the Celtics. But I think the Bulls are better than they're getting credit for right now. I like the Bulls' makeup. I think they play really good um, Eastern Conference playoff basketball. I think they got a really big uh, Boston Celtics big three vibe to me. Like there's no superstars, but there's three all-stars. That was one of the big things coming into the season, and it's sort of transpired. Zach Levine has talent around him, and you give him DeMar DeRozan, and you give him Lonzo Ball. You give it up to our main man, Alex Caruso. Yeah, love AC. I'm rooting for him. Uh, I think the Bulls are dangerous. Yeah, I agree as well. And this is this is the area that throughout the season uh, another team can emerge and show that they're better. And another one, I think, is the Dallas Mavericks. And again, we'll, we'll touch on that after the break. But everyone in between, Heat, Suns, I'm not high on the Clippers without a healthy Kawhi, but Heat, Suns, Sixers, Nuggets, Bulls, like any of these teams can be a two or three seed. They just got to go on a short run. And I think they're good enough to really emerge. And it's hard to really gauge because on paper, you obviously got the Brooklyn Nets who, if they get Kyrie back once the country opens up or whatever, or they change their rules specifically for this weird flat earther, if they get Kyrie back... Which I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. It'll happen eventually, right? Like, eventually. And Canada is going oppo. I don't know if you saw this story, but Canada is not letting anyone into their country who cannot prove that they are vaccinated. And that includes professional athletes. That includes contractors. That is that includes people who are traveling to the country who already have work visas, et cetera, et cetera. No one can enter Canada. I think I think starting was it the fifteenth. So we're already a week into it. Good for them, eh? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. You can't come to our country. So sorry. Oh, you 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 play basketball. You say I'm. Oh, sorry. You can't come in here. Oh, you're gonna get us all sick, partner. Can't do that. Oh, you want to play on Toronto? Oh, I don't think so. Show me your vaccination card. Can you tell us what it's all about again? (laughs) Phoenix Suns, winners of 13 in a row, made a lot of noise the last two years. Uh, The timeless Chris Paul is leading a very talented young team. There's a lot to be excited about in Phoenix. You following this team, Ryan? I like Phoenix a lot. If I had to, I'm going to sound like this guy. If I had a Western Conference team, probably be the Suns. I've always been a Chris Paul honk. I'm all about him since his days at Wake Forest. I think he's one of the best point guards of all time. He's number two, right? Yeah, I'm personal preference. Just, just sure. Yeah, but yeah, you're you're, you're right there. Uh, I like Devin Booker. I. No, they need to figure out what they're doing with DeAndre Ayton. I think the ownership, obviously, they have off-the-court stuff, but they kind of bungled that situation. I think he's a very suitable big man. I know he got owned by Giannis in the, the finals. Uh, they are fun to watch, and I'm glad they've turned around this 1-3 and three start. And I'm going to give you a stupid reason why I hate the Warriors, and it involves a female, but anybody that can it's like me in dallas if anybody can beat dallas i'm happy so if anybody can beat the warriors i'll be happy okay um is this not a reason we could talk about on air no no it's a reason to talk about on air but i'm not going to delve into it. okay smart move all right more nba talk when we get back you're listening to two men on 
on 95.9 FM and AM 610 V Sports Animal. Welcome back to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we get our sweat on at the YMCA. And I encourage you to find your why. Talking more NBA, Chris Knapps Przingis is back. The do-it-all seven-footer is playing some really good basketball again. He got his personal drama out of the way. He got his injury out of the way. And he has been playing at an MVP level the past 10 games. And if Porzingis is playing like peak Porzingis and Luka is playing like Luka, that might be the best one-two in the league. I won't argue against that. And the Mavericks are one of my like dark horse, really good teams. Because the, the, the way the Mavericks are set up, they don't need a big three. They need a big two and a bunch of contributors. Because you got, technically, Luka is the starting point guard. He's the one that handles the ball. The offense goes through him. But they got two other good point guards that can handle the ball. And you could go small, air quotes, small, with Luka and Chris Knapps and take out your center, uh, either Powell or Kleber. But Luka and Chris Knapps together is a deadly combo if they're both healthy and they're both getting good contributions from the rest of the team. The way the standings shake out right now, the Mavericks are 10-7, and seven, which puts them in fourth in the West. It's early. It can go any way. But I really think it's going to be Warriors-Suns 1-2 at the end of the year, and you're going to see Dallas and Duh the Lakers are going to climb up the pecking order in the West. We already talked about Golden State. They're 15-2. and two. They're very good. We already talked about Phoenix. They've won 13 in a row. Duh. They're good. Besides those two, who do you like out of the West? I think, I think you have to include Dallas. Uh, I, I wonder what Kawhi Leonard will be with the Clippers. Um. But I, I, there is no argument for me on, on this with you. I, I think the Mavericks are a quality foe for for the Suns or, or the Warriors in the postseason. Um, they've got great shooting guards in Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a veteran. Josh Green is in his second year. He's pretty good. Um, and Dorian Finney-Smith is their power forward who has established himself as a pretty crafty veteran. Uh, this is a team... And if you're going to get Reggie Bullock back healthy, I, I like this team. I, I, they are mu- they are much more talented, I think, than the just casual eye test. And it, it, I'm I'm happy to see Porzingis play well again. His time in New York with said New York Nick fans, um, we thought he was the unicorn or the second coming, and that wasn't the case. Um, but I'm sort of glad he's found a home with Doncic there in, in Dallas. And that was really ballsy of, of Mark Cuban with yeah. Przingis's health history and then what's been going on uh, with him off the court because there were some alleged allegations against him that 
Uh, I don't really want to go into because we ain't got that much time to talk about it right now. But apparently he wasn't the greatest guy to one person one time, allegedly. I don't think it's been settled yet, actually, but... Every time I watch the Mavericks, Doncic gets doubled up a lot. So there's a lot of double teams, and that opens up the Mavericks offense, and that's where Porzingis has been pretty good at. Exactly. And, and Cuban, knowing the potential, because Dallas isn't going to attract all the big-name free agents. That's going to be your New Yorks. That's going to be your L.A.s. And then you got to hope, if you're in the middle of the country, that you're going to attract some good free agents but usually these these mid-level teams these mid-country teams even though dallas obviously it's a huge city it's a big market they don't get a lot of big free agents so cuban and the rest of the mavericks organization seen that potential in porzingis that if he gets his mind right if he gets his body right he can do a lot of damage on the basketball court and that's what you're seeing right now so porzingis i mean he's seven three and he can play like a point guard this is very impressive and he looks a little beefier. He looks a little stronger, yeah, he, a little sturdier. He he definitely looks like he put on some pounds. He's not the uh, twig that he was in New York. But I did love what Cuban said, quote, why would I do that at all, end quote, in regards to the Christoph Porzingis trade rumors. I mean, I, I love Mark Cuban. He's very candid and he's very open. Uh, so I think that's a very good quote. And he said that it would put the team further behind. I don't know why you would get rid of anybody who has such potential. Sure. Yeah, duh. Obviously, Warriors son on top. A healthy Lakers team is going to be on top. Uh, the Jazz are a very solid team. But Dallas is the only team besides those big three that I can see emerging. I don't trust the Clippers without a healthy Kawhi. When they get him back later in the year, if they even get him back, who knows what he's going to be like. I don't see the Trailblazers do anything unless Dame gets some more help. If they get a flashy middle-of-the-season trade for another piece to take the heat off of Damian Lillard, maybe. Another team that I would love, and I have that, haven't watched them enough this year, but I've seen a lot of highlights, is John Morant and the Grizzlies. I, I think they might be a piece or two away from being a Golden State or Phoenix this year. Um, I like Dylan Brooks. He was out of Oregon. I loved his career there. I, I, I mean, Jaws, he, he is... He's next level. He's next level. Yeah. He's... Uh, he he's definitely a superstar. He was in college. I loved him at Marquette, but it's I, I think I would love to see that team take another another leap. But again, it's the whole this whole market talk comes up. Who's gonna go play in Memphis? I mean, if you like blues and barbecue, you'd know, I'd be there. I ain't mad at that. And you can get Yingling in Memphis, sure. so yeah, I'm there. And you got uh, some proud, supporting, passionate fans too. Yes. So you got Jaron Jackson, he's been playing well too and hitting a lot of threes lately. Yeah, he has. Yeah, they're young and strong. Like they're they're really good. I can see them emerging from that second tier, for sure. I don't mean to change the postseason comment, but I didn't realize that Houston has only won one game. They are bad. Yeah. Oh, they're so bad. And you know, um, I'm a huge Astros fan, but I'm a passive Rockets fan. I'm a Fairweather Rockets fan because when I watch the NBA, I watch players. I don't watch teams. You know what I mean? So I could switch around easily. But the Rockets are. Terrible. Why doesn't John Wall play much more? They well, got they, him on the bench, and I know that has to do with a contractor. He wanted to sit out, but they should put him in. Well, no, they're they're letting him get a hundred percent healthy, and then they're going to try to package some money with him and trade him away. They're trying to get more draft capital. They're trying to do what the Celtics did by acquiring all that draft capital and parlay it up to better picks. 
But the Rockets, they're in the middle of a, a complete blow-up. The Rockets are going to be bad for a few years. I thought the Pelicans were bad, but boy, no wonder you don't hear a peep out of them. And it's crazy. They were, I mean, you get rid of those pieces. They are in the Western Conference Final three years ago. Yeah, it's bonkers. Yeah, I mean, NBA, the players decide where they go. The players push the meters. The front offices don't do it anymore. I mean, and good for them. Like years ago, this didn't happen. You couldn't be become a free agent like at the drop of a dime and control your own destiny. So as far as like the players being able to do that, kudos to them. But as far as like your team holding on to a team for a long time, bummer. I have watched Little Rockets basketball, and their rookie, Jalen Green, is phenomenal. He's going to be a really good uh, foundational piece. And uh, they're going to tank for a few years, and they're going to get a lot of high draft picks. And then from them sloughing off their whole team, they got tons of draft picks that they can either stay in the same position or parlay them up into higher picks. But they're going to have to give up a lot to get out from under John Wall's contract. So they are bad. Houston, we have a problem. God, that was Houston, bad. That was Houston, bad. I'm sorry. We're going to have a problem for a few years. <laughs> Thank you for grabbing that low-hanging fruit. Too easy. When we come back, we're doing MLB Hot Stove. And then the last segment, we're doing the Varsity of Thanksgiving food. So last segment, we're talking Thanksgiving. You're listening to Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610 B, Sports Animal. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents, Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we get our sweat on at the YMCA. Talking some MLB, talking some hot stove. And I'm going to kick it off to you, Ryan, because we're going to talk about your Mets. <laughs> Good luck with that, right? It's very Mets that uh, they got played by an agent. In regards so, to Steven Matz. So, yeah, it's uh, hot stoves off to a good start for the Mets. Surprise, surprise, the dumpster fire of the Mets organization is upset that things didn't go their one way, their own way when it was completely their fault. And I love the fact that Steve Cohen's tweeting about it. Yeah. So, um, I live in the land of Dallas Cowboy fans, and I guess somehow, someway, the Mets don't have the and I know what I'm saying here, five Super Bowl wins, but um, championships. But uh, they're sure acting like they're the king of the hill. Like, I, they're, they're 500 ball. They've got some talent. It's not like they haven't been to a World Series in forever. It's been six years, going on seven years. But, uh, the, yeah, this is just very Mets-S that uh, you get played by an agent. And Steven Matz is a Long Island, he's a Long Island kid. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm surprised he didn't want want to come back. Um, but yeah, when you're gonna get offered four years and forty four million dollars, yeah, I'll go. I mean, is is so when Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, shows frustration about the negotiations for lefty free agent Stephen Matz, he ended up signing a four year deal for forty four million going to the Cardinals. I guess Steve Cohen was under the impression that the agent was going to circle back around and ask him one more time if you could beat this offer. And apparently, Stephen Matt and his agent just accepted the Cardinals offer. That's business, isn't it? Wah! Wah! 
I'm a billionaire. I ruined this team. So what? Grow up. Grow up, Steve. I guess you could say he's not going to This have- is your fault. This is your fault, a guy who's from Long Island, who's been on your team, just runs away from you, doesn't give you a chance for a final offer. His t- don't, don't blame this on the agent. This is on you and your organization, Steve. His tweet this morning is so great, and I quote, I'm not happy this morning. I've never seen such unprofessional behavior exhibited by a player's agent. I guess words and promises don't matter. End quote. I just rolled out of bed of this giant pile of money, and boy, were my feelings hurt that the agent didn't call me. Wah. Grow up. It's business. I I see this. I keep saying that everyone loves New York, right? I would prefer the beach over the city, but that's just me. But everyone wants to play where the lights are the brightest, right? And that's New York City. And if you can't be a Yankee, you're going to want to be a Met. The Mets have the richest owner in baseball. And they are just so dysfunctional. They can't keep a functioning general manager. And they can't keep their team happy. For somebody who worked out of Manhattan doing freelance work, it's to me it's not at all cracked up to be. Uh, you know, I grew up out – I mean, I'm, I'm from here, but I, I spent a lot of time back east, like, 30, 40 minutes southwest of New York City and Jersey, but it's like they can't even get a general manager. It's just it boggles my mind. Um, And I will say this, though, City Field is a much nicer, and I'm not saying this as a biased Mets fan, City Field is a much nicer ballpark than New Yankee Stadium. And, And hear me out again, City Field where the Mets play in Queens is a much better ballpark than New Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. I'm not trashing old Yankee Stadium. New Yankee Stadium is like a shopping mall where you, or it's a baseball stadium where you drag a business partner or you drag a girlfriend or a wife and it's like bleh. Yeah, it's it's boring. It's boring. It's boring and it's too commercial and it it's nothing like the vibe of the Yankees or New York City there. You're right. It's a it's a shopping mall where they play baseball. The Texas Rangers are rumored to have interest in not only free agent right-hander John Gray, but also Cincinnati Reds pitcher Sonny Gray. If they get both grays... It's not black or white. Can you have like a throwback jersey day and you wear the Negro League grays since two of your players are named Gray? That would be fantastic. I think that's what they have to do. So if we'll, we'll we'll stay on your Mets, um, just it's just, me it's me sipping a cup of coffee. The the dog, this is fine. Just beat it's where Scherzer's going anyhow. Just so, beat so this dead tight. horse. I know the Mets are going to make a splash or two. They'll they'll spend a lot of money, but can they get enough pieces together to be competitive again? I would love them to see the. I would love if they became the Chicago Mets. And just sign Chris Bryant to third base and keep Javi Baez. I love Javi Baez. He was a bit of a spark when they traded him, when they were sort of in the lead of the NL East or in the wild card hunt. I don't if you could really call that that. I mean, look at the Braves. They go on and win the World Series. But from the East, 
Well, Javi Baez looked like a different player after he, he got traded to he, the Mets. He did, and I hope that he will stay. And he said he loved it. I mean, him and Francisco Lindor are, are from Puerto Rico. Literal best friends. And they're best They friends. want to play together. They want to play middle infield together. So I would love to continue to see. I want a full season of that. Yeah, if the Mets get Javi Baez, if the Mets get, you know, they lost four. They lost Mats. So they definitely need to make a couple splashes with their starting rotation. You know, you, you talk about the, it, it's so sad to see all of the awards given out this past week or two and Jacob deGrom no mention for how he started the year because it, it was in, the dominance was insanity. Yeah, ba- I, he got deGrom got Cy Young votes even with his limited sample size, even if being hurt and missing half the year, he still got Cy Young votes. So obviously the respect was there. But Texas has a good chance of making a splash, and Dodger fan out there, I'm sorry that you're about to hear this, but Clayton Kershaw might go to the Rangers. If the if he doesn't sign a team-friendly deal with the Dodgers and he wants to be a free agent and get that money, if if him and the Dodgers have a breakup, the only landing spot for Kershaw I can see is the Texas Rangers. He's from there. He used to be a fan of them growing up. Like Childhood Clayton Kershaw, I mean, that's the best option besides staying with the Dodgers, right? I mean, he uh, was best friends with Matthew Stafford, and now they're both in L.A. Maybe he doesn't want to part that. But, yeah, I think they're from outside – Austin, I I know it's Texas, and I'm but again didn't do my homework, but it it's um I was unaware of that, but I could see that happening. I know he's a Texas boy, so that would be uh I mean he's only what like thirty three, thirty. He's like my, he's like my age, but he's he's an old man in baseball terms. Like his his arm and and he's had such an established career. I I, I think seeing him in anything other than a Dodgers uniform. It would be it would be awkward. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Had a sneeze there. A little dead air and a sneeze. Bad timing. South of Dallas, we got my beloved Houston Astros. Will not fork over the money for Carlos Correa, but they are rumored to be talking to every other shortstop. If Correa doesn't want to come back and sign a team-friendly deal, they're looking to take on, uh, spend some more money on another elite shortstop. Because, you know, it, it's it's rare that somebody like Correa, who, if they're healthy, they're the best in baseball at their position. He led the league in war. only person to beat him in war last year was Shohei Otani, and he played both sides of the ball. But besides a guy like Correa, who just is going to, a team's going to hand him a blank check and say, yeah, hey, here, play for us for 10 years. And Corey Seager, who's also hitting free agency young, there's still a bunch of other really good shortstops. And if they just want to be on a winning team and don't care about being booed all the time, they want to cash some checks and win some games, because the Astros are in position, it all depending on what happens throughout the rest of free agency, the Astros are in position to be really good again. They're in position to win the AL West again. They're going to be right back in the playoffs next year. So a team that wants to win is going to be willing to go there. And you still have Dusty Baker as a manager. I mean, I can't see. 
I'm not a fan, but I'm not a hater either. He's a really cool guy. He's a really nice guy, but I don't like his decision-making in-game. Still can't win the series. Okay, besides Baez, who is your ideal free agent fit? If you're like, that's the guy I want. Man, I like Nick Castellanos a lot. I thought you were going to say that. I, I would love to see Chris Bryant in a Mets uniform. If I'm for role playing here and I'm the Mets GM, whoever it is right now, Billy, I don't know. They nobody wants to go there. Uh, I like Nick Castellanos. Um, I still I still think Scherzer's got the stuff uh, for him to be with Degrom. That would be awesome. I like Starling Marte. I think he might stay in Oakland. Um, Robbie Robbie Ray just won a Cy Young. I mean that that would be outstanding. If if Robbie Ray had a bigger catalog of evidence, he would be the prize, the non-shortstop prize of, of this offseason. But he had, like, a bunch of years of mediocrity, and then he was the best pitcher in baseball last year. By every statistical metric, metric pitchers who pitched the whole season, he was the best pitcher in baseball, and he just so becomes a free agent. I'm really curious on what his market shapes out to be. Fun hot stove, tons of free agents this year. Where are they going to go? How is your team going to improve? This will be an ongoing story that two baseball dorks are going to cover throughout the off season. When we come back, the I-9 varsity of Thanksgiving food. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Well, we did it, boys. Three hours of sports-adjacent entertainment. From my heart to yours, Albuquerque. Big shout out to Ryan Tamari, host of First and 505 every Saturday morning here on The Sports Animal. He's bringing you your not sports adjacent, your directly sports content every Saturday morning from 8 to 11. Thanks for sitting in with me, buddy. I always appreciate the opportunity. This was fun. And I can't wait to go home and listen to more televangelist talk. (laughs) God, that was so good. That's so great. I already forgot her name. Sharon Gilbert, I think. If you missed our second (laughs) segment, Google Sharon Gilbert and aliens, and you will go on a white-knuckle thrill ride that you will be thanking me for for holidays to come. It's the last segment of Dave & Buster's Presents, Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we're getting our sweat on at the YMCA. I encourage you to find your why. And as you know, loyal listener, our last segment, every show, is the I-9 Varsity. And if you don't know what the I-9 Varsity is, well, I'm going to tell you. Throughout the show, we'll pick out a topic randomly, and then we'll dedicate the last segment to it, and we do a ranking system, somewhat similar to Rushmore, somewhat similar to a totem pole, somewhat similar to your top five. But we call it the varsity because this is a sports show, you dummies. We decided we're going to do the varsity of Thanksgiving food today. And, of course, the varsity every time is sponsored by I-9 Sports. Check out i9sports.com slash franchises slash 280. Or you can just Google I-9 Sports 280. You hit them up at 505-312-4999. 
They will keep your children safe. They will teach your children and mold your children, and they are the best in the biz, and we are so honored to have them as part of the team. Varsity of Thanksgiving food. Do you want to go first? It's the turkey. Turkey, turkey, turkey. Turkey. Just knock that one out immediately. Duh, turkey. How do you do your turkey? Are you a bake guy? Are you a fry guy? I've eaten fried turkey once. It was good. I sound so enthusiastic about Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I I eat turkey all the time. Like So to me, it's um, it's always my go-to deli meat. Uh, but uh, just baked. I, I I just want the most unhealthy proportion of gravy poured on my turkey. That's an aggressive amount of gravy. Yeah, just on your turkey. Just, do you do? See what I used to do. The boys really love it when you glob it on. I always I'm a win in Rome vegetarian, so <laughs> I, I eat meat every once in a while whenever the hell I want to. And what I'll do on Thanksgiving is I'll get one little sliver of turkey and I'll put some gravy on it, and then one little sliver of turkey. And I'll put cranberry dressing on it. There you go. So I like the little best of both worlds. I and I, when I when I do my Thanksgiving plate, I don't. I'm not as picky as I once was when I was a child, but I don't like to make the plate look nice. I just want a mound of garbage. Correct. I, that's how I eat Thanksgiving. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go from breakfast I'm gonna go from breakfast to dinner on Thanksgiving Day. And on Thanksgiving Day, my favorite Thanksgiving food in the morning is chilaquiles. I have no idea what you're talking about. Chilaquiles is a breakfast dish. It's basically huevos rancheros on top of corn chips. So what you do is you got your extra chips laying around when the chips are about to go bad, you throw some chips on a plate, and then you make huevos rancheros on top of your corn chips. That's kind of an oversimplification, but for breakfast in the winter, I like chilaquiles. I think that's kind of funny what Ryan's talking about, a mound of stuff. When I was in the military and you're overseas and you're, uh, in, you know, serving the country in the, uh, in, in, the, in another country, and what, what they do is they just pile everything on top of each Chow. other. Sure. Yeah, just it's sure. called a slop, but they slop. would put it. <laughs> The food got better when I went from Iraq to Afghanistan, but so so it's just still a pile, a mound of pile that uh, Ryan so aptly described. Okay, what are you putting gravy on next, Ryan? So you went turkey first. Mashed potatoes. Okay, you're a big potato guy. I'm a big potato guy. Um, So you you would take potatoes over stuffing? Yes, Mm. but I, I, I like the stuffing. However, whereas we talked about earlier in the show, where I'm going tomorrow, uh, the family... New Mexican, Hispanic, uh, I th- will throw red chili on every on potatoes. On Hell potatoes. yes! But I it's do so good. First serving's gravy. Second serving is just a glob of red chili. Our family has obviously red and green chili just laying everywhere. So I told you I was going breakfast for lunch, and for lunch, what I'm going to do on Thanksgiving is have some tamales because I'll have some uh, some veggie tamales, cover them in green chili and cheese, and and that'll be my lunch might be noticing a theme here. What's next on your I-9 varsity of Thanksgiving food? Pumpkin pie. Ah. Uh, this, this is the most cliche. Pumpkin pie. Pu- yeah. I'm doing pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is strong. Yeah. I'm a pecan pie guy. So you're pumpkin pie like and whipped cream? Pie. I like, no, just pumpkin pie. But I do just like. Pumpkin pie, no you, whip. You know what I saw at Costco yesterday, and I wish I would have picked it up? A pumpkin cheesecake. 
Ooh. It's the New York uh, the cheesecake. Okay, yeah, you can't you can't escape it. Yeah. I do I do uh pecan pie, a little ice cream on the side. That's my favorite that holiday. That sounds good. So if I'm having chilaquiles for breakfast, tamales for lunch, I'm going to have some pozole for dinner. So if you haven't noticed the theme here is I don't like Thanksgiving food. I think it's boring and gross and I'd rather have Mexican or New Mexican food every holiday. I don't blame you. Yeah. I I personally when I lived on the East Coast, I'm a broken record. I just missed the homemade red chili on mashed potatoes. That's what I missed. That's fair. And for dessert, I'll have a second dinner of birria tacos. So we'll do that. Any kind of But beer? in my case, jackfruit birria tacos. Any kind of beer tomorrow? Oh, all of it. All of it? Yeah, all of it. Yeah, all of it. We'll probably do mimosas in the morning and then some kind of beer for lunch and then cocktails for dinner spread it out all day get really luscious get really decadent you know if it's a day for decadence it's that thanks for sitting in today buddy buddy i appreciate it i i enjoyed today it was it was a lot of fun and at least uh the viewers can know uh, if they don't listen on saturdays now they can put a voice to the voice uh, a voice to the voice i don't know okay but instead of face name to the face you know hey voice right. to the voice terrible analogy so check out the voice to the voice every saturday Right here on the Sports Animal. You've been listening all day to Ryan Tamari, who is the host of First and 505. Check him out every Saturday morning from 8 to 11. Of course, I am Van Nunley, one half of the show Two Men On. Fred Slow will be back from vacation next week, and he'll be giving you your quality sports-adjacent content Monday through Friday from 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Happy Thanksgiving, Albuquerque. I hope you have an amazing time with your friends and family. Have as much fun as absolutely possible. Stay safe out there. You've been listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal.